Hello, everybody. This is Culture and Convictions. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, it is. And I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. And we're so glad to have you along for the ride on another Culture and Convictions podcast. We're doing this all over again because you know what, America? We need it. We need to talk about these issues. What issues am I talking about? Just about anything. Because it seems like so much. Everything. So much is going on in the country. It's like you don't know where to start. Should I plant my feet over here and, and talk to that one? Or should I do something like that over here? And it's we need everybody on all fronts interjecting truth because I'm telling you, the country is in need of Jesus. Man, we're in a war. It is a it it's is a, a war. serious war. I mean, in the battle lines have been drawn um, in the realm of ideas and whoever wins, I'm telling you, man, people don't understand. We live under the tyranny of people's ideas and visions and uh, and whoever wins that war is going to win this country and um, I know that people have so many different things about the United States of America that they don't like but every single one of the people who raise complaints about how much they can't stand the United States of America is still here oh why won't you leave <laughs> let's are, all get together let's start a GoFundMe for anybody who just says they can't take it anymore and they're still here enjoying the fact that they can voice those displeasures about this country because they have the freedom of speech to do so telling you. and uh, they can do it they can they can dislike politics they can dislike uh, the politicians they can dislike uh, the government they can voice their opinions have peaceful protests they can march they can they can do all kinds of things and 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 apparently nowadays we've graduated to where you can actually burn people's stuff yeah, down it doesn't have to be peaceful and you get like carte blanche i mean mm-hmm. you get treated like oh you're just venting you can deliver bricks in the middle of the street and say have at yeah. it yeah yeah, we can we can we can bust out car windows and snatch now. on people's car doors and try to pull people out of civilians out of their cars. Wow. You know, I mean, it's just been crazy what's been going on in this country and cities around this nation. And uh, and just like you said, opening up, it's time to lift a voice, not um, irresponsibly, but to lift a voice in in a fidelity to the truth and to try to keep our nation. Uh, resembling somewhat of what it stands for. So last week we, you know, we discussed General Mills and and how it wanted to retire uh, brands that that so many of us have come to love. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands that, that this lunacy will continue until we until we step up and say enough. Somebody's got to say stop. Okay, because now stop. we've got just stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> I'm it. not talking no, to you. I'm, I'm just, serious. You no, know, that's what you want to say. Yeah, though. You say it's just like come on, it. y'all, please quit. Get over yourselves. Sit down somewhere. But the, the the lunacy continues because now cosmetics giant uh, L'Oreal and Unilever, they're both are gonna they're gonna remove the word whitening, and then I think it was I think it was Unilever who said they're also also gonna take away uh, the word lightning, <laughs> so so their products won't be described in any way of, of having any type of capacity to whiten or lighten, okay, <laughs> and I hope everybody feels better about that. I hope people feel more secure about the fact that someone is concerned about whitening and lightening. Mm. And then we go a little bit further. I mean, I mean, if I if I want my teeth whitened, no, brother. Right. No. So 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 <laughs> whitened or lightened, which is what I would want if I buy a product for my teeth to be brightened, whitened, or lightened. So what 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 are we going? We just going to call it teeth brightener now? I don't even like that. I mean, because I mean, we're gonna get real particular. If I don't we, even like if that. we're, if we're, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if we're honest, right? You know, teeth 
we we want them to be whiter. And that and that and that what we want when we go buy buying products like that. From I'm gonna the plead store? the fifth because I'm not trying to start anything. No, no, I mean, and and who is inferring or injecting race into cosmetic and hygiene products? Mm-hmm. Who's doing that? Mm. I, I just I, <laughs> stop. I don't know. Stop don't it. Know. Is that the marketing department? Stop it. Whoever's in marketing who's stirring the pot on this. Stop. Stop it. it. Please, stop it. So we're going to take it a step further because even in the great Stop state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious, man. Like, I mean. Hold on, baby. Hold on. I, I am. Okay. I am. I'm, I'm not going to buddy on you like that. I'm just, you know. No, um, I just got one more. But and once again, say, Stop I'm, it again. I'm venting. Right. Well, right. That's that's what we we, we got freedom to do this now. We can we can it. we can vent. <laughs> you know, like we, we get to do stuff. We can test stuff up now. <laughs> so I might just wreck this whole podcast right now if I just feel like it because right now, you know, <laughs> we that's, we making allowances for for delinquent behavior. So Lord. let's let's go ahead and go all out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just it's contagious. So the Houston Association of Realtors uh, wants to stop using the word master to, no. describe, to, describe, <laughs> to describe the the master suite or the master bedroom of the homes that are on their listing. So um, I think they they still allow that on the MLS listing that they put out there, but on the description they won't they won't uh, they won't say master because it's uh, it has connotations and take people back. I mean, when I hear master, it takes me back. To a place I've never been. When I hear master <laughs> attached to bedroom, I think of the room where I and my wife are going to coincide and abide. It is the master bedroom. It usually comes complete with some type of amenity <laughs> <laughs> that is not consistent with the other bedrooms in the house. Right? And it means that this is the place where the owner or co-owners, the husband and wife, are actually going to dwell. The master suite, master bedroom would would infer that this is where the actual most important person in the house is going to reside to sleep. The master. It's the master. Of the house. Right? Which can be akin to the master of the plantation. Which Stop could be akin- it. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to make the same crazy connections that they're making. Well, I mean, why can not that not be inferred about any use of the term master? I mean, are we going to... I don't know. I mean, depending on what, what what you get your master's degree in, uh, when you when you go out into the workforce in society and you say that I have a master's, and you happen to be a white person, am I as a black person supposed to get offended at your master's degree mm-hmm. if I don't have one? Let's Is that to say that you're going together. to be and, and exactly? <laughs> and so nothing. So now, what are we going to say about mastering in any area? It doesn't exist. There's a such thing as a, these words have meaning. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, 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 you're stirring me up early. I'm sorry. You know this, right? These words have meaning, people, and they have meanings outside of the use, uh, outside of the context of race or the history of racism or slavery, et cetera, et cetera. These words have a meaning, hmm. right? Master is not a white racist word. Why do I feel like, you know, uh, uh, what, what was his name? Michael Evans. Why do I feel like Michael Evans in good times when he used to always talk about mama boy is a white racist word. Master is not a racist term. Mm-hmm. You have to be a racist or so thoroughly race conscious to infer upon a word 
in the English language used across so many different areas. And if you are that race conscious, you to probably are a racist. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, my goodness. Come on, people. Who honestly goes into a house that they are trying to buy or, or, or they're selling or whatever, and the realtor says, let me show you to the master suite, and people go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't. I, so I, let's come up with a couple of words can't. that we could substitute. We could call it the superior suite. <laughs> which would maybe make it feel like Stop. Nazis or we could do um, what else? The so pre- does that the make every other bedroom, the inferior suite, the, the, the inferior bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> the inferior room where are the kids sleeping, they're sleeping in the, the inferior, inferior bedrooms. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, I mean, uh, you, I'm sorry, you guys. Tonight we only had space. We had to clean out the inferior bedroom. <laughs> That's the place for you guys to sleep tonight as our welcome and honored guest. <laughs> While we go into the superior oh, and master gosh. suite. Yeah. Stop it. I know. That's Just what you want to say. Stop it. But you know, we were talking about this the other day, and I was thinking about all the things that I love that are white. Um, white rice, <laughs> white milk. My God. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a whole list, and I don't feel any less uh, black because I like those white <laughs> things. I like vanilla ice cream. Sue uh, me. I take vanilla ice cream over chocolate. Don't steal my black card, though. My God. But this is where the world is headed, people, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And we're going to have to... It is ignorance gone to see. Pull us back from the brink. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. No, I'm serious. There's a cliff ahead, and I don't understand why we think all this stuff is cute. Like, people yeah. are people are just Come patronizing on. black people. It's just so cute. No, it's not cute it's at not all. It's not cute at all. And it never stops. It's going to be a, a, a continuous thing that they're going to find something else that they want to impugn, that they want to try to erase, and that they want to try to silence. And so we're, we're going to have to really start looking at these things for what they are, which is a threat to really our independence as people to be able to choose for ourselves. But it's also the danger of playing so fast and loose with words. Oh, absolutely. And the meaning of words. Because if words start to lose their meaning and have no meaning, what basis for conversation do we have? What, what basis for anything do we have? If things don't mean what they... If, if, if a master cannot be used in the breadth, length, depth, and height in which master, the word master, can and should be used in the English language for English-speaking people, then what in the world are we going to do? You know, I remember one other thing that I read, and they were talking about how, you know, they're no longer going to refer to uh, master sommeliers, you know, the folks that do the wine and know all the wine selections. Like, they're no longer going to have master sommeliers. Now it's just going to be like... I'm somebody who's kind of accomplished with wine. Hmm. I sort of know a little bit about wine. That's what I think we should just start doing. Like, I'm, I'm just okay. Like, I'm, I'm simple. I'm, I'm okay. So, you know, it keeps going and going. But all right, we're going to go ahead and, and move on because that's a pretty sticky subject. Stop we're it. Gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> it's only sticky because it's stupid. It, it, yeah. It's sticky because no, it's true. stupid. That's true. No, there's no doubt about it. But we're going to start talking about, you know, the hysteria over history. Because people just have an issue with history, and I don't know what their problem is. You mm. know, people for for so long have tried to erase history. You know, just think of those people who are who are Nazi camp deniers, or, or excuse me, uh, Holocaust deniers. Yeah, don't believe that that ever happened. Um, but there's reasons why we we require monuments 
memorials, mm-hmm. right? Statues. There, we, we put those things up because we want to remember yes. what occurred yeah. prayerfully so that we don't have to relive those moments in history. Absolutely. Most often they're solemn, right? We're thinking back on something that happened that was terrible, but was undone or overcome. Um, and now we've got people going around the country wanting to rid us of those monuments, taking aim at the Confederate flag, wanting to take down various statues across the country for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, obviously, none of these, you know, none of these millennials, and not all of them are millennials. Some of them are, you know, are, are the 60s, 70s, you know, the hippies that were out there trying to undo the world. <laughs> oh, my God. But it, it makes you want to say, what about history have, have I missed? Because especially about America, what about America and its history have I missed that someone would feel like burning those monuments and burning those statues um, would help to make America more equitable, more fair? I don't I don't I guess I've, I've missed that conversation. I've missed that debate. Well, it's not there. Yeah, I mean, you, I, don't, I don't think you've missed anything. I mean. People live their entire life and never think twice about statues erected all around them. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I would be willing to bet that a number of people who have seen these statues fall in these cities were probably introduced to that statue even being erected when they watched it fall finding out that that was actually there and a lot of this stuff it's it's so it's so astroturf petulant it's so superficial sophomoric and then just moronic (laughs) (laughs) it is it's it's really crazy because like you said many of these things are like mile markers on a highway they're giving us a point of reference from where we've come historically as a nation. Sure. These things are things we can look to and see, okay, this is where we were and this is what we've come from. And um, it, it's just amazing to see us be so willing because really, honestly, in the name of equality, in the name of justice, in the name of uh being uh, against racism, we are watching our nation and our statues and monuments and so forth and so on be destroyed by racist. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is what you're seeing. People, you're seeing racist out here in the name of being anti-racist hmm. because you have to be racist and so thoroughly race conscious to keep projecting and inferring race on things that people don't even think about. Right. So you're letting racists rewrite this new era of anti-racism. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can somebody please help me? Cause, cause I'm like, Oh man, where's my Kanye button? I just want to be like, wake up. <laughs> you know, I'm so serious. <laughs> This is what we're watching. It is. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. These people are so thoroughly invested and brainwashed by the idea and the concept of race, they cannot see truth for it. (laughs) And they're running around pulling things down that people don't even think about. People People aren't even worried about, thinking about, wondering about. 
They're just going about their lives. But they themselves are so race conscious. They're so full of race. They want to they want to perform these little astral turf superficial deeds like pulling down statues. <laughs> so I want to I want to focus our attention primarily on the Emancipation Memorial, because this has been. You know, I think it was last week they, All they right. protesters assembled and uh, tried to get together, making plans that they were going to come and pull down that statue. And if you haven't seen the statue, um, it it memorializes obviously the emancipation. So uh, President Lincoln is standing there. He's got his right hand on the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, he's got his left hand um, kind of above uh, a slave but he's a freed slave so he's yeah. he's standing he's he's not standing but he's squatting um but he looks like he's getting ready to stand so it, anyway go check it out that way you can see it for yourself but i'm gonna play this intro then we'll come back and we'll talk about it are you angry yeah. Yeah. are you angry yeah. after weeks of gatherings and rallies around dc on tuesday protesters set their sights on the emancipation memorial you the landmark, paid for by freed slaves and now over 140 years old, facing calls to be removed. This is a revolution. There you go, brother. This is a change. For the supporters who carried signs and spoke at the site, they say it represents racism. Walk me through it. What do you see when you look at that statue? It tells me that this white man is superior um, and that, you know, he's granting permission. The gathering bringing out at least two dozen officers, some with riot shields and helmets, after organizers originally said they would attempt to bring down the statue. Instead, speeches and discussions at times got heated, with some questioning the group's approach. But how long did it take us to get This brother is demanding that After this blows over, then where are we going to stand then? Others in the crowd wanted to see the statue stay, saying it provides educational value for civil rights. That man is not looking out or gazing into the eyes of Abraham Lincoln, he's gazing into the eyes of hope, aspiration. A movement calling for change and now hoping to see a symbol of the past taken down. If Mary Bowser can paint Black Lives Matter in front of the White House, she can definitely tear the statue down. So people are people are having a heated discussion about this statue, right? Now this statue was erected in 1876, um, so 140 plus years. Um, that it's been standing. And I think there's just a really, there. people are bereft. They, they just refuse to research anything. Yeah. You know, everything is about emoting. And assumptions. And, absolutely. And if I feel right about it, and the crowd is with me, there's some collective agreement about us wanting to take this statue down, then as long as we can yell loud enough, and we can be as as assured of our of our position without any proof. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll go purely off assumption. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But what happens for us as Americans when we allow that kind of just <laughs> un unwitting ignorance to to actually move us to a place where we just kind of concede and say, well, I mean, if they want to. They want to pull stuff down. I guess, you know, people are just angry. <laughs> people have every right to be angry. <laughs> well, people can be angry, but, but we're not going to go and rewrite history for you. I mean, history is going to be there staring you right in the face every single day of your life. That's what happens. It is what happened, and you're not going to erase it. But, but even going back to the gentleman who said, well, 
you know, he looks like he's granting him permission. <laughs> well, it is called the Emancipation <laughs> Proclamation oh for a reason. God. The President of the United States oh my God. <laughs> freed <laughs> the slaves. I mean, I, I know people hate to hear that, but yes, a white person in a position of power decided for any uh, for for whatever and and that's debatable for whatever you think his reason was he signed it it became law and those black people who were enslaved were then made free yes so that is the those are the facts of history I, i mean i know i know people facts are stubborn things i know they hate it but that's just the reality so again what exactly is the issue but you know this this is the thing I don't even know how to frame what I'm going to say here because I want to emote and not, um, (laughs) I want to emote and not really, you know, anyway, let me, let me get myself together here. There are a couple of things that trouble me about this. Number one, anytime you speak to a person about their past, their individual past, what is the mantra you get from every person you talk to who may have a past in which there are some things in that past that are sketchy or things they're not proud of don't hold my past against me i mean that's 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 old i mean think about that no more exactly Mm -hmm. there is some version of i am not what i did right there is some version of drawing a line between my identity my intentions and who i am versus what i did in my past we want we want everyone to acknowledge the possibility that we can and do grow, hmm. that we can and do evolve, that we can and do change, that we can and do repent. Yes. Change our heart, change our mind, go in a different direction. Why is this same logic not extended to the white race? America was built on racism. Why is it not? Ex- and here's what I'm saying. It is an absolute empirical fact of history. In the 18th century, it was whites in Britain first, started in Britain first, and then spreading into British offshoot societies all around the world, where Britain decided this slavery thing just does not coincide with what is right, what is just. It came up against political pressure. It came up against religious pressure. Men like William Wilberforce, who petitioned, uh, who petitioned Britain and the government and really worked hard, you know, to say, look, we need to get rid of this, this whole practice. Now, at the time this happened, this was at a time when Europe, right, was at the peak in terms of, uh, of being involved in the slave trade. And it's at this exact same time they're having a falling out with it. They can't reconcile it with truth. They can't reconcile it with what's right. And they're ready to get rid of this peculiar institution that has been in practice globally for thousands of years without a single serious denunciation ever recorded by anybody, scholars say. So in, so in essence, we have a global institution of enslaving other human beings for thousands of years that nobody sees anything wrong with. And then the Western world, white people, decide for whatever reasons, whether you want to call them spiritual, I believe it was spiritual, no doubt. But in other reasons and situations, and for some reason, 
and other reasons, I mean, I, I should say, they decide we've got to get rid of this. And not only do they get rid of slavery in Britain, but then they go around the world and start a campaign spending untold amounts of money to stamp it out around the world where they could. Right? White privilege. <laughs> and it, is, it, is, it, it, it boggles my mind that people do not give to history, historical figures and races of people the same grace that they want for themselves. And at the end of the day, you have to be a, a prideful fool to look at that statue and see a man sign that emancipation, a president who would go on later to lose his life to assassination, right? Yeah. And you infer some type of racial dominance like he's, he is, uh, <laughs> he's allowing him. He's, 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 he's granting him, for, well, yeah, that just happened to be an inconvenient part of history. Hmm. He had to grant them freedom. Yes. He was the president of the United States. Now, fast forward to today, these people walking around who feel like they're granting so much liberty now to everybody. They want all of the credit in the world for being the people who are tearing down the statues, right? <laughs> in the name of what is morally right. And when Abraham Lincoln did something in the name of what is morally right, you want to infer that it was superiority and he's granting, and it's just like he's, he's giving him permission. Give me a break. I'm talking about hypocrisy gone to seed. Well, I want to I want to interject and let this uh, this Civil War reenactor, it's a, it's a black female, uh, talk about Lincoln's statue and and give you a little bit more insight into why it's so important. And thank God for her. You mentioned before that you're here to a good teaching moment. If if you could explain to someone who sees this as uh, a memorial of of oppression, what what would be your message to them? Well, uh, if you look at this at the figure, it's easy to say, well, he's on his knees. But if you look closer, closer, you will see this man is rising. His chains are broken. His back is not bent. He's on one knee in the rising position. His head is pointing. Uh, his chin is up, his eyes are looking forward. He's looking forward to a, a freedom, a future of freedom. So you can say, oh, he's on his knees, but he's not on both knees. He's rising. He's not, his head is not bloody and bowed. He's looking up. He's a fine figure of a man, an unscored back. So he's going for it. If you would have one message for America uh, just during this divisive time when it comes to everything that's going on about how we can unite around our history, what would, you, what would be your message? I would say take a deep breath and breathe. Turn down the heat, turn on the light, and let's have some truth. Um, destroying is not a way of building connections, it just makes hard feelings. We don't have to do that for every instance. There's a way to do better than that. What would be your way to do that? Um, there's always a way to teach. As I've said, uh, there's, you can have good signage there. You can bring field trips, children out there, field trips, uh, stops on the um, tours, uh, documentaries, brochures that outline what this is all about and how to reinterpret that figure. He's not, he's not a slave. So <clears throat> she tells you, hey, this, this slave 
he's going somewhere, right? He has he's now hopeful. He's freed from his shackles and he's headed in a direction. And then totally of course different interpretation of the same oh, image. I, absolutely, right? absolutely. And perception perception matters, right? Because I mean, oh, yeah, people create an entire narrative and an entire uh, want to tear but, something but, down. But look based at off two of their two different people looking at something. Yes, the same thing. Same right? thing. Coming with coming up with two different uh, uh, explanations, two different ideas, which speaks to the difference of the internal nature of the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. It's the filter inside of the person. It's not what's out there. It's always the it's filter. the filter they're looking through. It's the lens through which they're seeing the world. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just I just had to say that because. That was so totally opposite. And here's a seasoned woman, yes, right, who has no axe to grind. So her heart is clear to see, look, <laughs> and she's lived through probably more issues in this country than that little young spoiled brat <laughs> knows anything in the world about. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, too, right, that there's so many people. You, you get this type of spoiled brat behavior from people who generally have lived nowhere close to the type of challenges that other people have. I mean, it's, it's very easy in 2020 with your smartphone and your iPad and your latte that you probably drank that morning before you showed up to protest <laughs> and, and everything else to sit there and talk about it looking like this or that or like it was, it was permission. When Frederick Douglass spoke at the dedication of that memorial, a man who was a former slave, a luminary of African-American history, right? He didn't look at that. I'm pretty sure when he gave his address, he wasn't looking at it going, mm. it looks as though he's just granting him. Well, no, I, I actually want to read from his oration that he gave at the dedication of this memorial so that Come people on, know ex- exactly what it is that it's Frederick Douglass believed and felt on that day. He says, I refer to the past, not in malice, for this is no day for malice, but simply to place more distinctly in front the gratifying and glorious change which has come both to our white fellow citizens and ourselves, and to congratulate all upon the contrast between now and then, the new dispensation of freedom with its thousand blessings to both races, and the old dispensation of slavery with its 10,000 evils to both races, white and black. Mm. And he goes on to say, I want to read one more section. He says, we, the colored people, newly emancipated and rejoicing in our blood-bought freedom near the close of the first century in the life of this republic, have now and here unveiled. Listen to that. We, the colored people, newly emancipated and rejoicing in our blood-bought freedom near the close of the first century in the life of this republic, have now and here unveiled set apart and dedicated a monument of enduring granite and bronze in every line feature and figure of which the men of this generation may read and those of uh, and those of after coming generations may read something of the exalted character and great works of abraham lincoln the first martyr president of the united states Mm. wow and that's frederick Douglass. that's that yeah and if you go on if you read the entire speech you understand that that he's not afraid of truth. So he talks about some of the things that Lincoln, you know, some of the pauses, some of the things, that sure. some of the rhetoric, some of the things he said that may have, have not shown very brightly for 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 slaves who were really very much believing that he was going to to be the one mm-hmm. to make it a, a reality. 
And in fact, he was. But I think what, what you'll learn from going and reading this speech is, is the fact that context matters. Mm. And people have to stop acting as though history can be purified and everybody's, uh, everybody's behaviors, everybody's actions are either black or white. Come on. Because that's not where we live. That is not how we live. Everybody's decisions are colored by the context in which they live. Come on. Okay. So even for President Lincoln, at the time, he's dealing with the North and the South. He's dealing with people who want the abolition of slavery. He's dealing with those that say, hey, my whole livelihood is slavery. And the possibility of losing. The Union. The Union. Altogether. Absolutely. Altogether. Over over No United States of America. Oh, absolutely. And people don't even think about that, right? They they just... Once again, it, it, it highlights such a, a powerful truth that I have often observed, that it is generally, generally those move the furthest away from history or its effects or its impact, things like slavery and so forth and so on, who have this luxury, hmm. right, to, to act in such a, a cavalier and flamboyant way, right? We're, we're able to infer meaning on things that really didn't exist. And when you go back in history and you see a man like Frederick Douglass um, speak those types of words about what, what that monument actually meant, uh, how, how do you then step in front of hmm. Frederick Douglass's sentiments? Right. Right. As and, though you lived a, a much harsher existence. Exactly. Than Frederick Douglass. You see what I mean? <laughs> and so it's nothing more than virtue signaling and social grandstanding and moral Absolutely. grandstanding, right? It's, we're seeing people in the name of simple feeling better about themselves run around and try to make something bad so that they can feel good about doing something about it. And let me just say this. Here, here's the deal. Welcome to America where you can go across this country and look at statues of various men and historical figures from, from all of the great, all of the even terrible, some of the, mis- the misdeeds. But you can, you can go around this country and you can see how far America has come. Yes. If you go to communist China, you see pictures and, and statues only of Mao. That's right. Or not Mao. What's his name? Yeah, the Mao new Zedong. Guy. Yeah. And then you, you've got, yeah. And the new guy. <laughs> yeah, Xi Jinping. Yeah. Xi Jinping. But my point is. Got to get his name right. That, that here in America, <laughs> you, you see statues and memoriams to all types of people for all types of things. And from different eras. Absolutely. And times and because history. we've made progress. Yes. We've, we've actually progressed beyond a lot of the stuff that people are trying to drag us back into. Mm. But when you go out into these third world countries, they're still stuck in the past. No doubt. They're absolutely stuck in the past. And they have very no few doubt. markers of progress. Very few. Mm. So I... I I want to caution people that as we as we give as we allow people to just be angry and go around just throwing throwing up on everything that they touch. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Just yeah, have, right. having an emotional spat That's right. over everything that that seems to bother or in, impede them or impugn them. Because in some cases, they just don't like it because it tells a, another story. That's it. And you don't want that story to be true. That's it. But that story is America. It is America. And doggone it. We're going to have to, we're just going to have to hold our ground, folks. It, it, it's at, getting old. This stuff is point, getting old. At some point, there's going to have to be a serious pushback to say enough's enough about it. Because just like you say, they're, and they're doing it, and it's so superficial. I mean, when you, when you come on, like when you first started the video, are you angry? 
Yeah. <laughs> Are you angry? Yes. Well, if I got to keep checking, chances are ain't nobody out here angry, right? It's just what we say. Are you angry enough? To, yeah, yeah. I need you to get a little well, more angry. angry. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just like we we're needing something to try to validate what we're trying to do to where it feels moral. That's it so feels true. right. We're trying to generate righteous indignation because it's not there because the cause isn't righteous. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there, there's another video. I'm not going to get into it because the uh, the sound was kind of bad. But there's a young lady who comes up to one of the gentlemen, black gentlemen, um, who happens to be out there saying, y'all don't know anything about the history of this statue. Y'all out here want to tear it down. He's on a megaphone. She gets in his face. and We're supposed to be on the same side. <laughs> And, and, uh, why? And you don't, because he's black. And he says, he says, well, he says, well, tell me, tell me what you know about about this monument. Tell me what you know. Oh, well, God. I know, Crickets. I know enough. I know enough. <laughs> it's like, no, sweetheart, you don't know no, anything. No, no, you don't. You know, know what I mean? Anything. You're just out here emoting o- yeah. over who knows what. And, over who knows what. And it and it's people. And I'm telling you, this is the sad state of affairs of our culture. It is people who simply. Don't you believe that have just not found the preeminence, the glory, the notoriety, the success, any of those adjectives, that any, any synonyms that would go with those, that the present way America is, uh, that they, they haven't found it the way America is. So they have to set about to try and reshape it. Right. Oh, absolutely. To try to reshape it in a different way. Absolutely. To try and make it, uh, to tear it down, to to make it something totally new, something totally different, to remove all of these markers and all of these mile markers and statues and memorials and different things, because at the end of the day, they themselves, as human beings, there is an emptiness in these people, and they need some sense of importance and they need to feel better about themselves. And you know how my philosophy is when it comes to people, you know, as a pastor and as a preacher and minister and been in ministry for a while and talk to people, I've learned that human motivations are usually easily described in maybe one word. We may have a whole lot of different, uh, you know, a whole lot of different complex things that we use to justify why we do some of the things we do. But usually our motivations are really simple, sure, very, very simple. And I think the motivation behind this is simply it's, it's a desire to think well of themselves, a desire to feel better about themselves. And so they have to infer a lot of evil on a lot of inanimate stuff <laughs> and a lot of things that really are not inherently evil. They were not erected out of, out of spite or racism or evil. They were erected as mile markers of a history that not all of it is good, but we can, just like in your own personal life, there are things that were not good in your life, but you look back on them and they are mile markers for your personal growth and development. And you say, you know what? I was not proud of myself in that moment. I was not proud of myself at that time. But man, look at where I've grown to. Look at what I've come from. And that same grace needs to be extended to a nation. That same grace needs to be extended to a country whose history is not cute and not pretty. Because I'm telling you, at the end of the day, this is the best thing going. The United States of America I mean, we issued an apology. Our government issued an apology back, was it 2008 or 2009, about slavery to black people and the descendants of black people that were enslaved. Now, 
if you go back in historical records, you're looking at roughly those that were 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 brought to this nation as slaves. You're looking at I've heard different numbers somewhere between three hundred and eighty thousand to four hundred thousand uh, slaves, and of course we 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 grew and populated and ended up into the millions. But brought to this these shores in the transatlantic slave trade. Now other nations around the world had imported millions of Africans, Brazil millions. Africa, within Africa, they were enslaved into the millions, the Arabs into the millions. And nobody, what other nation, what other government anywhere else in the world has issued an apology? You've never heard of it. As a matter of fact, when America did theirs, there was, a, there was an article that came out. Now, I forget the actual publication. I'll have to go back and, and find the publication. But, but an African writer wrote, maybe it's time for Africa to issue an apology for slavery as well. <laughs> Why? Because they understood that Africa hadn't been involved and controlled really the slave trade and how and how blacks were sold into slavery during the transatlantic slave trade. So there's so much about history that is just not black and white. It's not cut and dry like we want it to be so that we can feel better about ourselves for stamping out the last vestiges of it. There's a lot of nuance and a lot of complexity and a lot of moving parts to the history of humankind and the history specifically of the United States of America and for people to irresponsibly be going or running around pulling down stones and marble and statues like it's really serious stuff in, in terms of like it's really that's moving the ball down the field. No, it's superficial. It's superficial. It's astroturf. It's sophomoric. It is a tantrum, and that's all that it is. It is just simply a tantrum, and it's not doing anything for anybody to move forward. So we're going to move on now, and we're going to talk about COVID, because uh, cases have started to spike. Can't forget old COVID. And and it's not just that cases have started to spike. It's where they've spiked, right? Because, you know, you Republican governors thought y'all were so much better than than everyone else, thought you knew better. And so you you started these these plans to reopen your economies, and now look at you. Mm. So you kind of feel that kind of I told you so moment, oh, yeah. right? Because people really want to rub it in, in people's faces. It's an election year, man. Yeah, and, and everything's politics. Forget that people are involved. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. It's just the point that that now oh, yeah. cases are spiking. Yeah, we so, trying to get a seat. So the big issue now is you know whether or not they should mandate wearing masks, and there's been at least some confusion on my part because I don't quite, I can't keep up with CDC guidance in reference to masks. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. <laughs> just, you know, it's the truth. So at least 16 states in the District of Columbia have mandates on wearing cloth face masks. And, uh, you know, I, the thing that I thought would happen and, and has started to happen now is that, you know, people are going into various places and they're finding that there are there are those who, uh, disdain the fact that they choose to not wear a mask uh, so much so that they want to gang up on, uh, they want to cast aspersions. Chase them out they of wanna, there. I mean, man, it's, you know, it's pitchforks and torches, <laughs> you know, scarlet letter type stuff. It's so, so the question is, you know, A, are we taking this a little bit too far in the sense that there's just so much that we don't know? Um, and and if and since since we don't know it, then why do we why, why do, do we, we act like we know it? There you go. Why are we acting <laughs> yeah. like that mask is is a certainty and yeah. it, and it's a and it's a you know a defense um, against COVID and it's gonna stop it. It's gonna it's gonna stop it in its tracks because remember they told us if we would just stay indoors mm. that that would stop it. 
And we did that. I mean, people stayed indoors, but people can only stay indoors for so long. And then we come out and they say, well, you know, you have to wear that mask. And if you don't, then, you know, that's why these cases are spiking. And And unfortunately, we came out, uh, unfortunately, for an unfortunate event, we came out in a blast when he came to when George Floyd uh, died. Sure, sure. Then all of a sudden people just, it was whoosh. It's like the floodgates open. Oh, absolutely. So... I just kind of, you know, and I, and I throw this out there to the audience just at large and writ large, you know, your thoughts, because I'm going to read this, this guidance that's posted on the CDC's website, right? And it says, a cloth face covering may not protect the wearer. Okay. A cloth face covering mm-hmm. may not protect the wearer. But principally, the person I'm most concerned about is me. That's right. So if... But, but it goes on to say... Before you cover your that that part, it says a cloth face covering may not protect the wearer, but it may keep the wearer from spreading the virus to others. That is an oxymoron. How is that possible if you are now the wearer? Do you see what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying. <laughs> if you're the wearer, I wonder now, if the CDC sees what they're saying. I don't understand that. Somebody make that plain for me. Anytime I have ever put on a mask in my life, it has been for me, the wearer. I've put it on to protect myself. Even when I worked in a rehab hospital, uh, I had to go into certain situations where maybe you had to go in with a with a, a physical therapist or something and. And in the room, the person had something where you had to get all dressed up and, you know, and so I had to put on a mask. I didn't put it. I had to put it on for me. I I don't. If the cloth face covering and then like you pointed out, it says may do it. It may. It's not a guarantee. I don't understand that. It is not a guarantee. It's a may. It may do it. It may protect. It may not protect the wearer, but it may keep the wearer from spreading. Now, if I'm wearing it and I don't have the virus, then does this mean I don't have to wear the mask? Because the mask being worn by me is to keep me from infecting somebody else. But if I don't have anything to infect someone else with, <laughs> do I have to wear the mask? <laughs> you know what oh I mean? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? It's like I, I just... Everything about this COVID has been so COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it really has. It's been so, it's been kind of wonky because, you know, the instructions and stuff, they're, they're just different. Well, you know. They're I'm, hard to, to kind of compute. I'm not trying to be, I'm not a, a rebel without a cause as it pertains to masks, but I just like things to make sense. Sure. So Things my, should make sense. My only issue is that if I go into a store that doesn't have a mandate or doesn't, sense. you know, if the if the store itself is not requiring me to have a mask, then I don't need you eyeballing me or rolling your eyes or trying to castigate me and act like I'm the person, you know, that's trying to spread the plague. That's not the case. At the end of the day, though, if you feel better wearing the mask, then by all means, do it. If you're in a state that mandates that you wear it, either do it or move but let's let's keep things in perspective that's all i'm asking so and i'm not the only one i want you guys to hear this this is this is the view um and these citizens of i think they're in palm beach florida and they're pretty upset about masks 
No, this week, the U.S. came close to an all-time high of COVID cases. Experts are warning that we are still in the first wave and in danger of another full-blown outbreak. And so masks are vital to stopping the spread. But even though Florida is one of the hot spots in America, Palm Beach residents were enraged about a vote to make wearing a mask mandatory. Take a look. You literally cannot mandate somebody to wear a mask knowing that that mask is killing people. It literally is killing people. And my, the people, we the people, are waking up. And we know what citizen's arrest is. Because citizen's arrests are already happening, okay? And every single one of you that are obeying the devil's laws are going to be arrested. They want to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. You're all turning your backs on it. And ma'am, as a doctor, I really have many question marks about your degrees and what you really know, because what you say is the political dogma that they're trying to shove down our throats on every commercial and every store, and it's disgusting. Well, okay. Sarah, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't it's even like know the what to say. rantings of someone at an airport bar just sounds crazy to me. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It is. I mean, it's, I mean, it, you you're stunned by the in, you know, by people's inability to see what's in front of them and recognize it. I mean, sir, why has health, do you think, and safety become a, a polarizing issue? This is like. Oh my God, I can't. What's happening in your mind? Well, this shouldn't be an emotional or political issue. If wearing a mask helps reduce the spread of this virus at all, then put your damn mask on. I mean, Dr. Jen said it best. If you don't like the mask, you're really going to hate the ventilator. And I'm just to the point where I think this time in isolation is really it's taking a toll and I'm ready to get out and find a new normal. And if that means putting a mask on to help people feel safer and to be safer, then I am all in. And, and it's not because someone told me to wear a mask or a politician told me to or not to. I'm not playing games with this. The scientists and doctors have said this does help. Therefore, I'm wearing it. And the biggest thing about the I love it. So you know why I do a lot of things, babe? I do a lot of things because the experts said so. Mm, yeah. That's why I do stuff. I'm like, hold on. What did the expert tell you you should <laughs> do? And then that's the guidance that I follow. But I want to go back to the guidance. A cloth face covering <laughs> may not protect the wearer, but it may keep the wearer from spreading the virus to others. Mm. Guys, look. I don't have a problem with people saying, look, people are, you know, this is serious. Everybody understands that this is serious, right? We haven't seen something like this really ever in the way that they have categorized it, in the way that they've explained how we can stay on surfaces, how we can move from person to person without symptoms being even experienced. Um, so this is, a, this is a really unique case. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing that we have to remain calm about is that we still have to use common sense and common sense says if it works for you that's the beauty of america because yes. in america we say if that works for you and it doesn't harm me yeah. doesn't harm my family doesn't put me in any type of peril do, do then you. by all means go do you 
Go do you. Right. And I'm going to stay out of the things that I don't think are cool. And you stay out of the things you think are, are, aren't cool. And we're good. Yeah. But now we want to create, even from, from the media, right? I mean, these four ladies are sitting there cackling. Like, oh, my God, what's so hard about it? <laughs> Just put your mask on. Right? Yeah. But there are people, truth be told, there are people that have underlying health conditions where wearing a mask puts them in danger, <laughs> puts them in more danger than going without it. It does. And, and so and people, it makes it hard for people to, people find that hard to believe or understand, but even a healthy person, and you can, I just want to interject this and then you can finish your thought. Even a healthy person, if you wear a mask for long enough, you can, you can run the risk of lowering your, your uh, blood oxygen because it's just not natural to be sitting there with something covering your nose and mouth <laughs> while you're breathing and walking and talking and, and God forbid you get somewhat active where the heart rate increases and you, your need for oxygen increases because you're moving fast or doing something or whatever. You know, it, it's just not, they're just trade-offs, you know, and uh, you're putting on that mask and, and, and hey, look, I don't have any problem with wearing a mask. I wore a mask today when I went out. I don't mind wearing masks. I take them off when I get in my car and I take them off pretty quickly because I don't, like I said, I don't believe in wearing masks long term. I don't think that's very safe for anybody. Well, I just, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not hating on those that do, and I'm not hating on those who don't. Yeah. I'm just simply saying that I think we have to remember that people, people are individuals, and they have a right to decide. And you can't make it, yes, they making do. things mandatory based on a, it may help, is not good enough. I'm yeah. sorry. But you're not going to come and infringe on what I want to do as a person simply because you think there might be a possibility. Because here's the deal. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have to get back to life. No, we no all doubt. have to do it. I mean, no the, the point is it. that we can't, we can't no stay hold up it. in the house. We can't do that. And, so, and that is going to have health concerns and repercussions as well. Sure. People staying in the house. Sure. Uh, you, you're going to have to. And, and once again, like you said, how are you when you, when you say something is mandatory and then in your CDC definition, you you're using the words may may is, does not signify an absolute. Now mandatory is like, absolutely do this because this is safe. This is going to do it. But when you're telling me things may work and may not, because honestly, many of these masks and many of the things that people are using as masks, because you know, one of the things, the beautiful things about America is capitalism, right? Yes, and so what has happened in this whole, this whole COVID uh, pandemic is you've seen people making masks and, mm-hmm. and earning money from it. So you got masks coming from all kinds of places. You got fashionable masks, masks that aren't even made to keep anything out. They're just made to make <laughs> you look good and maybe fit with your clothes and maybe an accessory to your, your outfit. <laughs> but, but these things are being done and they're happening. And people are just kind of, they've kind of put out this idea that, oh, just any kind of covering, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no specific mask. Just any kind of, you know, just put some over your mouth and right. you're good, right? But I, I don't think the, the science and the truth do not support the, the iron fist that some places are trying to come down with on, manda- on mandating these things. It just, it's just not there. And so just like you said, and do you. But I, you know, I just think also that we have to realize that that it's going to be this way just, you know, for the short for the short short term, at least Mm -hmm. because of the things that we've done. Staying in the house for three months. Yes. Some of us longer um, wearing these masks and people not really knowing the ramifications of that either. So I just you know, I'm not saying I'm just 
Use your own good judgment. You got your own common sense about what you know is in the best interest for you. And and as long as you're not infringing on someone else and you're remaining socially distanced, you know, I'm not sitting there spitting and coughing over people and, and doing stuff that's, you know, completely <laughs> Going unnecessary. Going to a pool party with hundreds of people. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm going to be a responsible yeah. human being because I do care and I don't want COVID to go spreading all over the, the United States again. No. But at the same time, we have to we have to live as well. So that's all I wanted to say about it. I just I hate to see people, like I said, getting getting uh, held up in the grocery store, getting kicked out of grocery stores, you know, being accosted. And it's just come on. It's guys. ridiculous. It's, unnecessary. it's really ridiculous. I mean, we, we've turned into just a serious mom rule society in so many ways and on so many fronts and it's got to stop at some point we we've got to push back and realize we are supposed to be uh maintaining but on a positive note freedom if if joe biden were to become president he says he's going to make it federal law that you have to wear that mask aren't we excited anybody anybody excited about that stop yet? it okay just stop <laughs> i'm going back to my initial statement at the beginning of the podcast as we end the podcast america stop it just stop it (laughs) it's gone too far just please please let's be rational let's use some wisdom and then let's learn something let's educate ourselves let's educate ourselves about all of the things that are going on in this world just like uh, the lady said in one of the videos that we we played for you it would be nice for some education that we would begin to educate ourselves and, and deal in truth Absolutely. and stop making these rash decisions and doing things to feel better about ourselves, to satisfy our underlying presuppositions about how the world works when those presuppositions can be as far as the East is from the West, <laughs> you know, from Absolutely. what is right and what is true. And so, look, I know we're in unprecedented times. We're dealing with race tension. We're dealing with a political uh, we're dealing with a, a year in which there's an election coming up that is very important. So everything is politicized. Every, every, everything is politicized, everything. right? Which is really, really making things hard to deal with because now everybody is angling for political leverage in every single subject matter that is introduced. And I realize that we're still dealing with this pesky little virus known as COVID-19. And so stay prayerful. Be wise, be humble, be a learner, be a listener first, and and let's work toward greater unity and greater uh, reasonable and reasoned uh, discussion in the public square about all of these things. And so we just thank you guys for joining us for another podcast of Culture and Convictions. Once again, like us, follow us on our SoundCloud. Uh, we're also on, uh, where's, you, you, you're better at telling. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, iTunes, Spotify. Yes. Um, yeah. Stitcher. Most of the big ones. Stitcher, yeah. SoundCloud. Absolutely. Any so, of those outlets. Make sure you follow us. Share this podcast with your friends. Share this podcast with your family, people you believe who are interested in this type of dialogue. Because we believe this is a very important medium that has emerged in our times of podcasting to get these ideas out into the world. Because we are in a serious ideological war in this country. And we're going to have to make our voices heard. So thank you guys for listening once again. We'll see you next time.